Hello, I'm Terry Schultz, and I am channeling Brussels, getting newsmakers, movers, and shakers to lose the lingo, burst out of the Brussels bubble, and have real conversations about the critical foreign and security policies shaping our world. It's the rest of the story, beyond the few seconds of sound bites that make it into the news. This week's Channeling Brussels is brought to you by the Atlantic Council. And this week, Channeling Brussels is looking at the aftermath of the German election September 24th, where the ruling coalition of Chancellor Angela Merkel lost a big chunk of support, and a far-right newcomer seen as sympathetic to Nazi views gained enough to get seats in Parliament, the first time such a group has reached that threshold since World War II. While that's plenty upsetting to many people inside and outside Germany, my guest this week puts everything into perspective and says there's no calamity. Elmer Brock is the longest-serving member of the European Parliament, holding his seat since 1980. He's a member of Chancellor Merkel's Christian Democratic Party and has known her personally for decades. Brock has a lot to say about the relationship between Europe and the Trump administration, about the need for strong leadership in France so that Paris and Berlin can propel reform in Brussels. But we start with his belief that there's reason for concern, but not for panic, at the spike in support for the German far right. It's less than in the United States, much, much less than in France, and that was 12.5%. That is normal in European countries. Germany had a better than normal situation before. It still has. It has a pro-European government in the future, a non-minority government, and a government with a very broad majority. So do you think that, that it can be compared with the U.S. in the sense that the anger in some parts of the country with disaffected voters was perhaps underestimated? Look, in Germany, the pro-Europeans in power and the Democrats in, uh, in the United States, partly the hate is in power. Please, please, we are, have a problem, but it's a luxury problem compared to France and the United States. Hmm. You mean it's a problem that you, you need to worry about, you want to address it, but people don't need to feel so threatened by it? Because this morning, the, the, um, the, one of the Jewish organizations in Germany came out and said it is afraid. It is afraid in that internal sense, but not for our foreign policy. 27%, 87% of the Germans voted not nationalist. 87%. In which country of the world you get such a result? If um, Chancellor Merkel has as much trouble building a coalition as it looks like she will, and I, I like your views on that, um, does that lessen the, or sort of decrease her room for maneuvering also on a world stage, at the, at a, on a European Union stage? Does it make it more difficult for her to be able to come here and say, I can no. deliver this? This is a pro-European government. The liberals are pro-Europeans. Traditionally, the Greens are even more pro-Europeans. What should Definitely. stop her in that question? To, uh, to fulfill a pro-European policy. Well, what will change then? Well, you don't think anything not, will not change? Not in the European policy, not very much. How, how, how is her coalition going to shape up? The Greens and the Liberals, and they will be both are pro-European parties. They are in a competition who is more pro-European. <laughs> That's a good problem to have as far as you're yeah, concerned. Yeah, it's a luxury problem. <laughs> um, we had 87% of the German parties, the votes, is pro-European. And with your old colleague here, um, Martin Schulz, in the opposition, he's also pro-European, obviously. Yeah. Is that, again, a problem you would consider a luxury, to mm. have the opposition yeah. also yeah. pro-European? Yeah. yeah, 
What will he do in opposition? Do you think that that's a, a decision that was, was made entirely because of the, the needs of the, of the party? Of, first of all, he has to survive in his own party. That is my problem. And, and she will not become opposition leader. He has already said that someone else will become group leader in the parliament. The group leader in the parliament is the opposition leader. Okay. He will be just the chairman of the party. Um, is it his fault the party did so badly? You know the man well. Different problems, but partly also a wrong campaign and uh, several issues, for sure. There were a lot of criticisms of the campaign, that they weren't addressing issues hard enough, even that, that Merkel and Schultz didn't fight hard enough. But that is the problem of Mr. Schulz, if he does not fight, not of the incumbent. Incumbent has to wait and to answer. True, but your party did lose, did, did lose some We got some more percentage. or less the same numbers of votes, a little bit less than in 2005 and 2009. And so she has a broad majority as ever, and that is for the first time, it's incredible development in that sense. In the British system, she would have had an overall majority of the parliament, if you see the, the, the seats level. We have nearly no list people. We have more, nearly all this. Uh, we need, uh, I think, 80% of or 70% of uh, the right seats we won in these elections. If the previous high mark was an outlier, as it was, if you look if you look over the years, um, what what explains the drop? Explains that we have more parties. The Liberals are back. Another party right, uh, uh, came up uh, because of a lot of reasons. Where we have to look into the mistakes and we have to change the debate. We have this everywhere, um, 70 years after the war, these debates in European countries of these national feelings again. And uh, we have uh, to convince our citizens to, uh, to, to not to deal with that in the future. It was protest votes after 12 years. Uh, we had a situation that uh, the socialists did not, they had even the same problems to lose votes, not just us. And we are in the situation that we are 13% ahead of the second party. 13% ahead of the second next party. It's an incredible margin. So for people throwing up their hands about Germany, you say much ado about nothing. Let's look at the, the baseline facts. And there's not a lot to be worried about. Look, uh, I know in Europe and the United States, more countries where you have to worry about. For sure, we have to worry about the certain things, and we will deal with that probably. Uh, but uh, I have a feeling when I talk to a foreign journalist that Germany is now a problem case. Let me go on to um, ask about about relations with the U.S., which, of which you have you have been critical of the, especially the foreign policy of the Trump administration. Um, every leader can be more daring after the after elections. Will there be anything that the Chancellor will want to change about even even her the discussions? The principles there will be a big agreement with different levels of support, but agreement that uh, we should keep our relationship to the United States, that NATO has an important role to pay for the, uh, play to, for the collective security in Europe. Uh, and uh, we know that despite President Trump, the United States is a democracy and Russia is not a democracy. We know that difference. <laughs> so do you think, though, that she'll feel like, um, I mean, she has on occasion been the only one that stands up to him? That um, will continue. Yeah. No one knows since 26 years she will never change. Now this power will continue because yeah. she has a broad majority in parliament. Do you think that there's anything that, that the chancellor has held back on that she will now, uh, that she will now feel, feel safer to bring up with, with uh, the U.S.? I think we have to see into the issues and uh, to find solutions, but in climate change, in That's trade policy on that question, there is total disagreement. Right. 
And, and there was before, as you say, so the elections won't change that. No, climate change uh, is there with or without Mrs. Merkel or Mrs. Trump, Mr. Trump. It's a fact, and when we talk about the migration question in, in Africa, we have to talk about climate change. And I fear if uh, this is not seen in the United States, and climate change may stop, you might have built a bigger wall than expected on the Rio Grande because more people will come. Um, we, will, we will all the industrialized countries will always face big problems on migration. That is not the only reason, but if climate change is not stopped. I read that Juncker is planning to appoint a special representative for relations with the U.S. and that it would be none other than you. Is that true? That is not yet decided and that they have no offer. But it's in discussion then, isn't it? I've heard about it. But, well, do you think this would be something that would help, would help transatlantic relations? I think the Europeans talk too much, too much to the official circles and to Washington, New York and San Francisco, who is talking to Kansas City. But that's an internal problem as well, isn't it, yeah, in the U.S.? Yeah, it's your internal problem. But Mr. Trump has said the um, European Union was founded in order to make, create problems for the United States. It's just the other way around. And here I think it needs certain explanations in your country. And would you like to be the one to go over and talk about that? I've answered everything. Okay, that's under discussion then. That's very interesting. We, w we will have to have another conversation then when, uh, when this gets settled, because that would be very interesting to talk about. I see it always also in the campaign speeches, I said it. I do not like certain policies of Mr. Trump, but I see how Congress acts despite there is a Republican majority, and how your court act. Let us say the check and balances in the United States are functioning, and that's a big difference to other countries. Yeah, just before you hear the Turkish ambassador in my office, that's a big difference. Uh, this comparison, Putin and Erdogan and Trump, it's all the same. You have a different system. This system seems to work. That makes the great difference, and that is the reason why we like the United States. We being Germany, or we being who in that sentence? We, people of my political conviction. One question more. What will be the first move that, um, that Chancellor Merkel makes? That we might, what might surprise us out of her now? Because, as we all know, we've seen her for four, this is her fourth term. Everybody looks to Germany for leadership. We wait for France and then have a joint leadership. So there will be a, a rebirth of EU spirit. France had lost importance because of its economic weakness. And, and it will come back under Macron, you think? And because this, we, therefore we wait for these reforms. And these reforms are done. Uh, France has a much higher credibility. And uh, we wait for the rebirth of France in this way. And it's on its way? I have the feeling, yes. It does the right things at the moment. He has to move forward internally with his labor laws and that. And he, there he had to deliver. Not the his European proposals. He has to fulfill the conditions for that. Him wanting to move ahead with Chancellor Merkel, you think that's just this idea that for there the will Germans be a was always a, an important point that he first reforms his country. And that structural changes. Hopefully... He gets it through and can implement it. And then the German-France partnership can really be reborn, you believe? Yeah, because it has then a great credibility if you come to the reform European Union. The two reform-oriented countries take the lead in that. And Germany does not like to lead alone. We hope urgently that we can meet our old partner again in young strength. And what will be the first task? of the, presuming France comes to this place Monetary where... Monetary economic union. Like Macron wants. Yeah. 
but the condition must be fulfilled, then we have to talk about the amount of what is done there. In which uh, institutional way, there are still different opinions on that, but not sure. on the goal, but how to do it is a different opinion. That has to be negotiated. Well, thank you very much for fitting me in today, and um, I will talk to you at, um, when that appointment is announced. And that was Elmer Brock, the German lawmaker who served longer than anyone else in the European Parliament, urging cool heads but inspired hearts in Europe after German elections. That's it for this week. Thanks to the Atlantic Council for sponsoring this channel in Brussels. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Terry Schultz. Join me next time.